Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Developing Developers. Today is going to be the start of a mini-series that I'm calling The Big Picture. I think you'll see why I'm calling it that by the end of this episode, but my hope is to talk about the big picture ideas that will benefit you beyond the development projects that are right in front of you. Be sure to like and subscribe to this podcast and follow the Developing Developers Instagram page for more content. Today's big picture topic is one of the most important, and that is work-life balance. I'm really looking forward to talking with Dan Dunsmore, who's a very successful commercial real estate broker specializing in office and capital markets at Collier's Columbus. I've seen him really live out balancing his career and personal life, so I'm excited to dive deeper into how that practically works for him. So thank you, Danny, for taking the time to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, so before we jump in, many people listening are involved in commercial real estate. Can you share kind of what your role is and how you got to where you are? Sure. So as you mentioned, I, uh, I focus on office buildings. So focused on office buildings and brokerage specifically. So primarily leasing and selling buildings. And I spent the first probably 10 years of my career very focused on leasing. And then during the last couple of years, made um, a pretty big transition into focusing on more, more of the sale capital market side. Awesome. And I, I do want to hear more about kind of your past with that in a little bit. I'll ask about it. But um, so overall, work-life balance, it's something you're passionate about, right? Um, why is that so important? Why is it important to have a healthy work-life balance? Uh, that's, a, that's a really good question. Uh, I guess my, my simple answer is because I have an amazing family at home. You know, I've, I've got two little girls. I have a, a three-year-old Sloan, uh, a five-year-old, oh, almost five, Harper, and then my wife, Jess. That's awesome. So, and to, and to me, uh, when, we, when we had our first child, that was the, I guess, the one thing that really, I would say, you know, five years ago, really set me, set me down a path of like really trying to find more balance. Yeah. You don't want to miss a moment. You don't. They, they fly by. No, that, that's awesome. So uh, going into kind of why you think it is important, um, what do you do to keep a healthy work-life balance? Practically, what does that look like? Uh, practically, what does that look like? So for me, Allie, it's, um, you know, I, I, I guess the first answer to that is I, I spend a lot of time on myself you know, I really believe that before you conquer the world or try to conquer the world, you have to conquer yourself. And uh, so I spend I, I spend a lot of time just thinking and and working to be the best version of myself. And you know, naturally, I'm a, I'm a very driven individual. I, I kind of always have been very driven, very competitive, and you know, that's a good thing. That's a strength and a, and a weakness for sure. Um, and what I mean by that is, you know, especially early in my career, you know, early in my career, I spent, I, I was very, I, I guess I'll say my center was more around business and professional success. It was very important to me to be very successful as a, as a business person. And it still is. But at that time, I guess the trade-off is, you know, every everything comes with a price. And if you uh, spend 12 to 14 hours working and um, focused on your business, other things suffer. You know, personal relationships, friendships, 
your relationship with your significant other, whatever it may be. So kind of learn the hard way in that regard. And um, so I guess to answer your question directly, how the first answer would be, I just spend a lot of time finding myself and thinking about how to, to be that best version. Yeah, just knowing who you are, what you're about, what you want to be about. Um, I was thinking about this. I think there's two kinds of people that this is probably really hard for, and that's people pleasers and achievers. And I think you're probably in the achiever category from what it sounds like. I could see you being a people pleaser too, but um, I think I've, and I fall kind of in the middle of that, which I think would be a perfectionist because, you know, don't want to let people down, but you want to achieve the next thing and you want it to be up to someone else's standard. Um And people pleasers don't want to say no, so they don't want to let people down. And the achiever wants to achieve the next thing and do the next step and reach the next goal. And so I think that's also hard for them to say no and take a step back and evaluate what's really important. Um, And so do you struggle with either of those things or did you and how did you get out of that? I don't know if you want to dive more into kind of what you did to get out of that cycle. Yes, um, absolutely. And I still do. In, in a very big way. So um, there's a lot of answers to that. But I would say, first of all, going back to starting with myself, you know, I thought through and I, and I continue to think through, you know, what are my resources that I have? What are the things that I can control? And for the most part, it's, you know, it's time, effort, energy. And then I'll add two more into that, which is my health, which I prioritize, I, I try to prioritize on a daily basis. And then the other thing is focus. And um, I, I read a book, Peak Performance, that in that book, it had a had kind of an aha moment when they talk about the concept of perfect practice. And it was, you know, they evaluate high achievers and how do they become high achievers. And one of the key glaring things across the board is people that have the ability to do whatever they are doing at that individual, that specific time, well, and focus 100% of their effort and just have a single mind. And that's the that's the focus aspect of it that I, um, after reading that book a few years ago, try to implement on a, on a daily basis. And then I ask myself, um, really a, a few questions, four, four major questions, which are, you know, why, how, what, and then what are my goals? And the, the why is something that's very common, right? You know, a lot of people talk about, you know, what's your why, what's your purpose? And, and I'm, I'm all about that. You know, I'm, I'm constantly thinking about what is my purpose in life and why am I here and what am I doing? Uh, I love doing real estate deals. I love to, um, I love, I love to lease and sell large buildings, and I get a tremendous amount of fulfillment out of just doing deals. The the deal process, in general, <clears throat> um, but to me, it's much deeper than that. Once I once I really peeled that back and and got deeper, um, you know, for me, it's you know, I, I think about you know, what is my what is my potential. That's, that's one of my key aspects of my purpose. And that's, you know, I've got one chance to live this life and I want to do, I want to be my best. And, and that trickles down to everything else once I, once I do that. So it's two of the three things that I say are my purpose are somewhat selfish in nature, I'll say, mm-hmm. because it's, it's internal, right? It's, you know, what's my potential? 
how can I be the best at whatever it is that I'm doing? Um, and I'll get into this in a, in a moment of, you know, shifting focus. But when I think about that full potential, it doesn't just apply to real estate and doing deals and, and whatnot. It's, you know, what are the roles in my life? What are the things that I'm, that I'm focused on? Um, the other thing is to serve, to serve other people. And this, it took me years to, to gain maturity, I think, to really, to really focus on this and see the impact and, and just see the fulfillment that I get when I help other people. I, I have a genuine love for seeing other people do very well, whether that's my teaching my daughter how to ride a bicycle or, um, or seeing a young person in our business learn something new that's going to you know help them in their career and seeing them reach their full potential. You know, I get a lot of joy out of that. And then the, the third thing for me, it's also, I guess, somewhat selfish is, is happiness. I, I feel like, you know, everything that I've, all the time that I've spent in my life and the, you know, the, the challenges that I face to get to where I'm at, I, I just want to savor the ride. I want to savor life. And when we talked a moment ago about, you know, being present with kids, mm -hmm. that was one of the things for me, because you're right. The moments fly by so quickly. And um, it's very important to me to, to savor those moments, because I think at the end of the day, when I reflect back, it'll be the, the people that I remember the most in my life. And to savor those conversations and savor the, the moments with the people that I care about, that's, uh, that's very important to me. Yeah. Wow. That, you had some good quotes in there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quote you on some of those things. Um, I think that that's great. And I think if I was thinking about COVID as you were talking just about when you're talking about how the relationships are a matter and it's not necessarily the work, although that can bring fulfillment. Um, if there's anything I learned in COVID, it's not that everything matters right now at work. You know, it's not, everything is not due by the end of the day. It's not super urgent. Some things are, but it's almost, it helps you to realize the people around you are what matter, what your purpose is, is what matters. And ultimately what you do with your career and where you go is what matters. Not necessarily the, like you have to do this or you're going to fail type things. Um, and yeah, I think it just puts things into perspective when you talk about you know, it's just not about the the actual work. It's about the reasoning and the heart behind it and what the purpose is. Um, there is one of my friends talks about how um, you should major in the majors and minor in the minors and how the major things should be major. And you should think about those things, uh, especially with the people in your life, if there's a big thing going on. Uh, but the minor things are, you know, and I don't know if you would agree with this little like deals that go wrong, you know, you might lose some money, but is that really, the, and if that is the biggest thing that someone cares about, maybe it is a major thing for them, but I think it is evaluating what are your major things that you focus your time and effort and energy on. And what are the minor things that you can kind of let brush off your shoulders when they happen? So I don't know if you, if that resonates with you at all, but it sounds like it, it does kind of you because, you know, it kind of builds, it, it all everything builds off of everything else to me. So mm -hmm. when I think about like, what's my why, what's your why, what's the, what, what gets you excited every day? Then, you know, I'm a person of action. Like I'm mm -hmm. a, I'm a deal guy. And I think 
to how I apply that to life is nothing really happens unless we do something. You know, right. we don't provide value to our clients unless there's a closing or unless a lease is signed. So that's action to me. That's, yeah. you know, ideas don't move buildings. Bulldozers do. So the I can sit here all day long and say my what a big part of my purpose is to reach my full potential. But what does that mean? And so I've spent, you know, countless hours thinking about that question. And that's why I get to everybody says, like, what's my why? What's my why? What's your why? But to take that deeper, what's your how? How do you do it? H- how do I reach my full potential? These are questions that I ask myself all the time, which is how am I a happy person? If I want to be happy, how do I do it? You know, mm-hmm. how do I reach my potential? How do I serve others? And I have a laundry list under each one of those things. So although each of those three categories seem very simple in nature, I make, just like I make everything complex, I make that complex because I think, what does that mean? You know, if I want to reach my full potential, how do I continuously be curious in an industry where I've learned so much? And after 14 years in brokerage, there's not a ton of things that surprise me anymore. And I kind of envy people that are young in business because they have that every single day that like, aha, like, oh my gosh, I didn't know that. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's constantly sharpening those fundamental skills, but at the same time, having that growth mindset, for example, like one of the things is like to have that growth mindset or to have that, maintain that curiosity. That's one of the things that draws me to investment sales is because it's hard to me. It's, it's something that is different than what I did for the first 10 years of my career, learning about debt markets and understanding about, you know, the, the mechanical systems and all the, the fundamental aspects of the market and all the things that change and can, can move a sale. That's different. And that's, that's hard. Um, but it's, you know, that's my, that's my, how, how do I, how do I reach my potential? It's continue to learn and, and whatnot. Um, but then the other thing is, you know, what's your, what's your what, you know, and that kind of goes into focus to me. It's, you know, how do I take those three things that are my purpose in life, but then, uh, then focus that energy and focus that effort into things that matter to me. Yeah. I think, can you, so can you give a little bit more insight when you practically, if you are trying to focus on something, because I think it's hard. I used to have a quote up at my desk that said, Where, wherever you are, be all there. And I liked it because it was, I like efficiency and like to do things quickly. And so when I'm in a meeting, it's hard for me to just be at that meeting because I want to also think about the text I'm going to send after the meeting to respond to my friend or the email I'm going to send later or the plan for a meeting that I'm going to have later in the day, you know? So what do you do practically in those moments when you are trying to be completely focused? What, what is your brain? How do you do that? Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah thank you for that question. The, um, for me, what, what has really helped me, and I think I saw this from like Jesse Itzler or something. I, I have no idea. I, I saw like the initial concept and then I thought through how can I apply it to my life just to create some separation and – it's just buckets. So in my mind, it's it's specific buckets where I focus my effort and energy. And it's my 
So my buckets are personal, professional, family, friends, fitness, like fitness slash health, and then fun. And each of those buckets, I, it's very easy for me to apply my overarching why and purpose and apply each of those things to those buckets. Um, so for example, like my, like my fitness and my health, that's something when I said earlier that it's something that I prioritize on a daily basis, it, it comes down to time management. All of this stuff does, right? Like I've got kids, a wife, a demanding career. I have a genuine and strong interest in, in my health and fitness and, and personal interest and whatnot. But for example, um, I see the mornings, the early mornings as my time, my personal time, where if I wake up at 5 or 5.30 in the morning, then I have time to, to sit, think, read, write, exercise, meditate, do all the things that get me into a, into a place mentally and physically where I, I'm ready for the rest of the, the things that get thrown at me throughout the day. But I do think it's, for, for me at least, you know, I know a lot of people, especially with people working from home right now, it's very difficult to draw the line. And it is in our business in general because people call us all the time and email us all the time. But I do think it's very important to have that time where you say the mornings, well, for me, it's, you know, every, in the morning, I have my my physical and uh, my mental time. Like, it's my my fitness time. Then throughout the day, I'm focused, I'm very focused on my business so that when I come home, I can focus on my family. And one of the things that I do and, and practice on a daily basis, and of course, there's examples. You know, if we have a big closing or there's something going on. I know that I have to be on. But for the most part, I know that every day that I can walk in the house and I can take my phone and put it into a drawer and not look at it between 6 p.m. and 8.30. And I try to do that every single day. And the reason is, is because it's only two and a half hours when you really think about it. It's only two and a half hours. But that two and a half hours is gold to me. Because that's just when I'm locked in with my kids. It's when we're riding bikes, we're, we're playing in the basement, or we're in the yard, or we're playing soccer, or I'm you know having dinner with my wife, or whatever I'm doing with my family during those two and a half hours, I'm focused. Mm -hmm. And what's really interesting that I found in implementing these, these buckets and just establishing this time to really be, to focus energy in, on one thing is that it recharges me to do another thing. And what I mean by that is if I can walk away from, from business, even if it's for two and a half hours or ideally it's for the whole afternoon or the weekend or whatever, but, you know, things come up. If I walk away for two and a half hours, I come back and make sure that there's nothing happening before I go to bed or whatever. But when I go back to work the next day, when I'm back in the office, I'm recharged. And it's because I've unplugged mentally. You know, I'm not 24 or seven thinking about like, how do I advance this deal? What do I do? And what I found is that it's made me more creative and it's given me the, the energy to, to be a better dad, a better husband and a better business person. That is great insight. I think 
if if the whole world could do that and live that way, we would be much better off. So thank you for starting, uh, you know, starting small. We'll start a movement after this. Everyone who's listening, put your phone away. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's, to eight at night. it's not but, easy, though. Yeah, so. but, you know, it is something to think about because I think for you, it's your kids and your family. And for most people, they do always have their phones. And so because it's so easy to contact people nowadays, it's like, well, why don't I just answer this right now or just do this really quick? But it does take away from your focus. And then eventually you burn out with working because you're working all the time. And I think over time you set a precedent for yourself that you don't even realize where, you know, when you do have a family, it's hard to pull back and to refocus unless you majorly shift your, you know, work style and your mental capacity that you give to work. And so, yeah, it is, it takes major discipline, I think, but that's, yeah, that's great. One of the things that's amazing to me is like in the business world today, exactly what you just said, where your phone's ringing or I, I could check my email. And then by the time I get to the bottom of my email, I could just scroll back to the top and there would be 15 more emails. I could just do that all day long. And most people can do that, mm-hmm. right? It's just when you're getting like, you know, a couple hundred emails a day, you could literally spend your entire day checking emails. So to allocate, a, a create a process for me of do it or delegate it or delete it right away, like so I know, and then I establish that time where I'm just checking email, just, just by way of example. For me, the other thing is finding a way that my mind works appropriately. So for example, every day I try to do the two to three hardest things of my day right away. And it's because I'm a morning person and my brain works really well, really early. So if I have a very difficult project to work on, it's the first thing that I'm tackling. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to sit there and, and check my email for an hour or return phone calls or whatever. I will do that. But for me, it's more important to actually get things done, get the important things done. So I try to schedule meetings in the afternoon, for example, because my brain doesn't work as well in the afternoon. And I know a lot of people are the opposite, right? Like you'd rather work until 10 p.m. or whatever. That's just not how I work. And to understand myself over the years has been very helpful so that I can allocate specific time to do specific things. And why that's important to me personally is because when I go home at six o'clock, I don't think to myself, oh my gosh, those three things that I had to get done today, I didn't even touch them because I spent the entire day talking to people or checking emails or returning phone calls. And now it's six o'clock and now I have to work until 9.30 or 10 o'clock when my brain doesn't work as well and as sharp as it as it does in the morning. So it's just taken me years to figure myself out. And I, I get it to a point where I know that it's okay if I just set this down, mm-hmm. set the work down and pick it back up in the morning because I'll be refreshed and I'll be better. Yeah, that I'm the same way in the mornings. I used to go into the office at eight and I would play this game with myself where I was like, I could probably get there a little earlier today. And just because I felt so productive and just wanted to go like I was part of that, you know, I haven't been out of college for too long. So I'm excited still to go to work. But hopefully, you know, it sounds like you're still excited every day. But um, I did start to go in at seven because eventually, you know, I was supposed to get there at eight, I would eventually get there at 745, 730, 715. And so now I just 
am in at seven and that's my normal time because I, that morning time is more productive for me as well. Uh, and I think it is finding a balance of what works for you and what is efficient and beneficial for you and your team. But yeah, like you said, that's just, it's so important to be focused and only have your mental energy where it needs to be at that moment. Um, and the other thing that I say all the time is that I work to live. I don't live to work. So um, it is true that you don't want to be working all the time because that's not what you're here to do fully. You know, you're here for a greater purpose than that. So I think that that's all awesome. I I wish I was taking more notes. I hope that everyone listening takes notes because that is just a lot of good stuff. I'm going to have to go back and listen. So what do you think is the hardest part with staying consistent with this? Even if you do set those goals and you have those boundaries and you have a plan of how you're going to take action, but then things come up and people expect things of you. And how do you kind of get this as a lifestyle instead of a plan? Like you said, action. It, so discipline is very important to me. So it's, it's things that I can control, mm-hmm. you know, uh, that's, this is just my plan. Every, every day I know what my plan of attack is, but plans are made to be destroyed ultimately, right? So I I have the peace of mind knowing that the effort's there that I'm trying. Mm -hmm. But, you know, again, sometimes I have to be on the phone the entire time between 6 and 8.30. It's, but my plan is is not to do that. Or my plan is to to go to the gym at 6 o'clock in the morning, but I've got two young kids, you know, and if... uh, uh, one sick and I have to be there to tend to them, then then I will. But for the most part, most of the time, I'm able to stick to the plan. And I and I have that that freedom that comes from the daily discipline of at least trying as hard as I can. And, and what it does, though, is for me in the mornings, for example, my, my kids, especially my youngest, she just would wake up all the time. And so the sleep deprivation is real. But at the same time, I I had to make a choice, right? It's, you know, do you, do you prioritize fitness or not? And I'm, I'm tired right now, but I've got to do it. This is the best time. This is the only time for me to do it. I got to go. And once I have that repetition in place and it just, it just becomes a lifestyle. Yeah. So to me, it's just having, having peace, because I, I, again, with that driven personality, I can't help but have like this uneasy feeling in me all the time where I'm, if I'm not doing something, somebody else is, or somebody's going to beat me or, so I have, I have to truly, I, I know that about myself. I know that I have that like switch that in that gear that is a, is a gift and a curse, but it is something that I have to try to control through meditation and through just trying to be calm and trying to stay focused on on the things that matter to me. Otherwise, I, I will drive myself crazy. I know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is um, something I mentioned in the first podcast with Brant Murdoch was how, yeah, your purpose and identity isn't wrapped up in how your work looks and what, you know, if a deal goes through or not. And so when you know that, then it's much easier to have peace because if something fails or if you fail at your plan, it's easier to say, okay, tomorrow's going to be a better day. I'm going to be better today than I was yesterday and make one step closer to 
who I want to be and who I want to become. Um, yeah, and I think it's just important to remember that because I also think as a young person, which I've seen this in a lot of young people trying to work their way up in the industry, it's easy to push that stuff aside so that you can get to be successful. But then I think you get to a point where you are questioning, what is my purpose? What is success? What does this even mean? Because you're just kind of trying to survive in those years, you know, early on. Um, like you said, setting habits and goals early on and just one step after the other in the direction that you want um, is better than jumping right to your your goal, which is something I struggle with is patience in the small steps. And if I do fail once, not completely giving up, but just turning back and heading in the right direction. Um, so thank you for that advice. Okay. So for young people who are, or maybe not young people, I don't know, who are just realizing that is not the direction I'm headed, or I am working all the time and running myself thin and burning out, um, or are maybe on the opposite end and feel like they want so much work-life balance that there's not a ton of work and they don't have as much ambition there. What do you think are the next steps? What were your first steps when this first became an idea or a, something you were excited about? What's the first thing? Maybe make a plan or I don't know what it was for you, but what would you say? Sure. Um, I, I think that, you know, in business in general, it's just naturally results focused, mm -hmm. which is which is is the challenge, right? Because especially when you're young, you're just trying to produce more, get greater results faster and, and whatnot. Um, I think one thing to keep in mind is that it's very easy to get burnt out when you're young. And, and we see this all the time in commercial real estate, especially with young people, where we'll see people that have the, the capability of being future superstars run really hard for two to three or four years and then they say, you know what, I'm not, I, I'm not in love with this anymore. I'm going to move to San Francisco and do something else. So it, it is very important to find to find some sort of balance because it recharges you. Because burnout is very real and energy is real. And if you have the ability to really focus your effort, focus your energy, then you'll do more with less time. And and with that said. I'm not suggesting that people don't work hard. I still work as hard as I, I mean, I, I hope that there's no misconception. I mean, I, I'm ultra competitive, mostly <laughs> with myself. I mean, to me, I don't care like what level of production I was last year. I don't care about titles. I don't I, I care about what is my potential and how one year from now or three years from now or five years from now, what do I look like at that point? And I try to find that guy. I try to chase that guy that's me five years five years from now. So there's no substitution for hard work mm -hmm. at all. But I also think you need to hard you you should work hard as a brother or as a sister or as a as a father or a husband. Um, you know, a buddy of mine that, that we work with said that somebody said this to him one time and said, if you work as hard as you can to be a good dad and a good husband you know, or good wife, whatever, then um, everything else falls into place. And that was somebody that has a very family-centered center of focus for sure, but is also a very successful business person. So uh, there's there's truth in all of it because 
if you can focus on your 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 personal aspect of your of yourself that you that you're trying to develop focus on your family it will recharge you when you go to apply that same level of tenacity towards your business and the other the other thing that i would say is again you you have to begin with the end in mind and when you look back on your career what's going to matter is it that you made a million dollars or is it that you had some amazing experiences with with amazing people and enjoy the journey and the best advice that i can give is just surround yourself with good people and and focus on the people focus on relationships focus on helping other people serving other people and um when you reflect back you will have created some amazing relationships i mean yeah it's literally been proven scientifically that when you serve other people you are more full because you take your eyes off of yourself and onto other people. So I just like that a lot is f- fueling yourself with the right things and the right people. Um, that's awesome. We're almost done here. I have one other question for you and you might have to take a second to think. I don't know. But obviously you've learned a lot in the last years of doing this and trying to practice really balancing your work and life. Um, but it is an ongoing process, I'm sure. So is there anything recently that you've learned in the last few months or maybe the last year uh, that you could share with us that's maybe not something that you had conquered until now or a lesson or a new practice that you've put into play in the last year? In the last year, um, yeah, I would say that, well, it's, it's, it's longer than a year, but it's a continuous journey for me. And I'll say it's, it's one of the the things that I didn't understand that has changed my life in a, in a big way, which is meditation. I've referenced it a couple of times today. I, I'm naturally a very high energy person, like somewhat high strung at times even, you know, just like super, super high energy, very yeah. enthusiastic. Um, what meditation has done for me is is given me the ability to slow down a little bit and think and be calm in certain situations, not all the time, but it gives me like, for example, I'll come home sometimes from a very challenging day and my wife will say, go take 10 minutes and just go meditate. And it's because she knows me well enough at this point where it is something that it's a practice that I've implemented that gives me the ability to just reset and focus and think and truly, if I can do it, then anybody can do it because I, it's very difficult for me to sit still for two minutes, let alone 10 minutes in the morning, and then pausing two times throughout the day and doing it for two more minutes. But 10 minutes in the morning for me every single day is it's a discipline that I've implemented that has truly changed my life. It, it's given me the ability to have a deeper memory. I, I can remember things better than ever before in my life, truly. And it's simple things like my wife will say, do you remember where, you know, Harper's, you know, Care Bear is or whatever? And I'll pause for a moment and I'll say, I do know where it is. And it's because I saw it because I was was able to to see the room differently Mm -hmm. even. And this is, you know, after a couple of years of practice, my, my life has slowed down a little bit because of my just ability to breathe a little slower. And the, and I understand that I understand breathing and how important it is now. I understand 
what a clear mind really means. I understand what a single mind is and, and what focusing on one thing feels like rather than just multitasking a bunch mm-hmm. of bunch of things. And I would say that that's, that's the one thing that I would say has really had the greatest impact on me in just recent time. Yeah, it's knowing that everything that you have to do is still going to be there. You can take that 10 minutes and pause and think I'm – I need to do that because I personally am also all over the place and cannot sit still for or focus. I actually, though, in the last couple of years have enjoyed reading and getting to even Sudoku, which I know is weird. I don't know if people do that, <laughs> but my mom always did it. And sometimes I tell people that and they're like, what is that? Um, but anyway, it actually does help with someone who either has ADHD or is just hyperactive naturally and high energy because you have to focus and sit still, but it's not like someone's holding you down. You know, you can pause and you're training your brain to be able to do that. Um, so that's great. Great advice. Thank you for that. Um, well, we will wrap it up here. That was some awesome stuff. Oh, and thank you. I, I appreciate you I having me. Uh, um, you you mentioned this podcast uh, a while back when you said you had the idea to do this, and it's really exciting to see you pursue this vision of yours and uh, and do this. So happy for you and happy to be a part of it. Thank you. Thanks for giving us just a look into the bigger picture of life and business and your success in general. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you.